Christmas Day is tomorrow. And we've got lots of reasons to celebrate. And I can tell you, this Christmas is already special for me because we began this service by celebrating baptism. That's exciting. They have the opportunity to to celebrate the professions of faith of these two young women and, and to recognize that they are just beginning their journey of faith, just starting those first initial steps. And you've had a part in that, but you will continue to have a part in that as you encourage them and bless them and pray for them as they move through. And some of you will even serve in our student ministry and our children's ministry. And we're excited for that. What a way to invest your life into the lives of these young folks. And so we're excited. And we recognize that no gift that they have received today, no gift that they uh, will receive tomorrow, that none of those gifts compare to the greatest gift of all, the gift that many of you have received, and that is the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We want to continue to remember that gift this morning as we come to this table, and we will here shortly. And You'll have these elements that will be passed out to you, the bread and, and the cup. But, it, but it's kind of unusual, isn't it? It's kind of unusual that we would come and on Christmas Eve when we're celebrating the birth of Jesus that we would come to this table, and yet it is so very, very fitting. And so I want to ask you to join your hearts with me in prayer as we, as we ask the Lord to, to speak to us this morning in this time. Father God, we're really, really grateful that we got to celebrate this morning with McKenna and with Addie. And that we get to celebrate with one another as part of your family. That we get to remember this great salvation that you brought to us that was all made possible because of your great love for us. You didn't abandon us. You didn't leave us. You gave us hope and a promise You fulfilled that promise, and today, Lord, we are heirs of that promise. And so, Lord, would you speak to our hearts this morning and encourage us to draw near? For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. There is no communion. There is no communion without Christmas. None. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to open to John's Gospel, the first chapter. Very familiar verses. We're going to look at the first 14 verses. And I want you to let these words sink in. I want you to let these words begin to, to rest in your heart and your mind this morning. John's Gospel, first chapter, first verse, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. 
the true light, which gives light to everyone which coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of, a, of the flesh, nor the will of a man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we've seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This morning, you had the opportunity to, to see uh, Caleb and Sarah come up with Joshua. Joshua's a cute kid, but we got lots of cute kids, right? I mean... If, if you haven't been, you know, you may want to just sign up for, uh, to serve in the nursery just to, just to be able to, to touch these cute kids. I mean, it's exciting to see. And, and I would imagine that, that Jesus was, was also, just, you know, one of these cute babies. And yet, you know, Christmas is not just about a cute baby. Christmas is about so very, very much more. Because this, this was the child who'd been promised. This was a child in whom the hopes of a nation had rested. We read in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto you a son is given. There was a promise. The promise of a son, a child who would be born. And in many ways, he was like every other child. And yet in one way, one unique way, he was unlike any other child. He was both human and he was divine. He was the son of Mary, but he was also the son of God. Isaiah said in chapter 7, verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And some of you go, whoa, 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 I thought his name was Jesus. Well, it is. We need to understand what Emmanuel means. Emmanuel means God with us. Let that sink in for a moment. Jesus, this child who was promised, is not an ordinary baby. He was not an ordinary teenager. He was not an ordinary man. He was God with us. When we take a look at our manger scenes at home or we ride by and we see one that may be placed out in front of a church or in some places even still in the city square, we see these manger scenes and we see at the center of the manger scene there, there, uh, there's a baby. Let it remind you that this is how God chose to come to us as one of us. Jesus was fully human, but he was also fully God. His humanity, though, wasn't just a disguise. It wasn't just a mask. 
It wasn't just an exterior that he put on. He, he wasn't trying to deceive us in any way. He was us, one of us. And that's so significant because when we come to this table, we need to understand he came as flesh and blood. He came to die for us. And he could only do that as one of us. That's what John meant when he said the word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's kind of interesting in the Old Testament we read the children of Israel, they came out of Egypt and their bondage and their slavery and God instructed them to build a tabernacle, a tent of meeting. And then God's glory came and dwelt with them there. It didn't diminish God's glory in any way. It wasn't that he was just isolated to one spot and wasn't everywhere at all times. No, he chose specially to have his spirit dwell, his glory dwell in that tabernacle, that tent of meeting. And what we're reading here is the word Jesus became flesh and tabernacled among us. I think somehow, sometimes our awe of Christmas gets really lost. And maybe it, you know, we could blame it on commercialism, but hey, we live in the United States. That's just the way things are. We've got to recognize this is, this is going to happen. But when we're more blown away by a Black Friday ad than we are by the coming of God, being born as a baby and placed in a manger, there's something wrong. When we're more excited about going and seeing the lights at Stone Mountain than we are about, about meditating on God's gift of, of Jesus. There's, there's something askew and at some point we've got to stop. We've got to stop and say, I need to make this Christmas about Christ. Not about me, not about what I want, not about what I'm getting, not about what I'm giving. Somehow this needs to be about Jesus because the word became flesh and came for me. And so on this Christmas Eve, we come together to celebrate communion. And when we celebrate communion, we, we need to remember Jesus' birth that he came He came. It was real. It was tangible. You could touch him. You could feel him. And and in a moment, you're going to feel this bread. It's real. It's tangible. We need to remember that Jesus came to us. He was born, but he was not only born. Jesus also died on a cross. And that's what we usually think about when we come here. and, And we should. Because we remember as we take This juice, this grape juice, this fruit of the vine that Jesus shed his blood. And and as you get that and as you hold it in your hands, let it help you remember that Jesus poured out his blood for you. But listen, you need 
Jesus was not just a good man that got caught up in a bad circumstance. It was God's eternal plan that Jesus should die for us. But those of us who've heard the story know it's not the end of the story. His burial didn't close the chapter. Because on the third day he rose again. And we need to remember as we come to this table, not just the death of Jesus, but that God sent him and that he was victorious over death and the grave. Communion, in many ways, is God calling us back home. What do I mean by that? We know that God has prepared a home for those who believe in him, who trust in him, that God has been preparing a home for us in heaven. But he also gave us a home while we were here. And that is the family of God. And we celebrated that in the baptism this morning. That visual symbol that I not only belong to Jesus, but I also belong to the family of God. Some of you know how precious that is. Christmas time is a beautiful time of year, but for a lot of folks, it's really, really hard. For some, today will be the first Christmas without someone they love. And so the, the laughter and the joy of the season also brings with it tears and sadness. For some, there's sickness. Just last night, some of you haven't heard this yet, but Barbara Torbert had had a mild heart attack and was taken to Athens Regional during about four in the morning. That's a completely unexpected circumstance right here at Christmas. But these things happen. This is the world in which we live. I had an opportunity and... and He said it'd be okay to share this with you because he wants you to pray. But uh, I talked to Jim and Diana Painter, who, you know, moved up to Cincinnati. And they moved up there to be with grandkids and to be with family. It's an exciting time. But their son and his wife now, they're having some marital problems. It's not what you expect at Christmas. But Jesus came into a broken world. It is that brokenness that Jesus came and entered into. He took flesh upon himself and he entered into our grief, our sorrow, our temptation. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with us. We have a Savior who took on flesh. God himself came and took on flesh for us. And so today we come to this table. And for some of you, I want to invite you. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, this is for you. I don't care what church you belong to. If you're a believer, this is for you. 
If you're not a believer, I want to encourage you, just let it pass. Because it doesn't have the same significance for you, but I would invite you to come home. God's inviting you to come home. What are we talking about, come home? Come home to him. He desperately loves you, wants you, sent his son to die for you, and calls you to embrace him by faith. Some of you need to come back home. You've been away for a while. Maybe not physically, but emotionally. You've been distant. You've been away from God. You've been away from the body of Christ. And God's saying, hey, come back home. Come back home. Whatever God's called you this morning, as you hold the bread, as you hold the cup in your hand, remember why he sent his son. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And I can say, and many of you can say, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for meeting us here in this place, in baptism, in Lord's Supper, in your word. Thank you, Lord, that your love was so great and so grand that you acted. You entered into this sinful, broken world. And you came to bring life and light. And even though many have rejected you and many will reject you, Lord, we have received you. And today we declare our faith in a Jesus who was born in Bethlehem, crucified on Golgotha, buried in a borrowed tomb, and who rose up to victory. As we take the bread and as we take the cup this morning, Lord, would you remind us, and may we sit here in complete awe of your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen.